Glory be to God for dappled things, for skies of couple color as a brinded cow, for rose moles all in stipple upon trout that swim, fresh fire coal chestnut falls, finches wings, landscape plotted and pieced, fold, fallow, and plow, and all trades, their gear and tackle and trim. Glencora Pipkin, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, we're super excited to have you on um, to talk about a bunch of stuff. But in particular, I thought we'd start off with um, your book. You self-published a book and it's on Amazon, but it's got a very kind of unique uh, format and structure. So rather than uh, me trying to, to explain it, why don't you just uh, give us a quick explanation of, of the book and what it's like? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I'll just start by saying um, kind of what it was born out of. My husband and I were both so, um, I don't know, we were, we were reading the books that you guys have talked about that are not like bad books, but they're, they get pretty like, they drive you crazy after a while. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> and like the little blue, little blue truck and, and Pat the Bunny. And, um, and a lot of them were like narratives that were like sweet, like the kind that, um, I don't know, like you say, like they make you say, oh, too much. Like they're, they're very saccharine. And I felt like, oh shoot, this is like a bad sign for me. I'm saying, oh, like a lot. <laughs> um, and so we just kind of wanted to, to get some poems in it and in, in our house, um, you know, just uh, Chris and I actually reading poetry to our, to our kids or to our first. Um, and so we were like, why don't we just like, you know, let's take a poem that's out of, that's, that's not copyright, right? So, um, you know, 19th century era and earlier, and we thought, why don't, you know, why don't we take a, why don't we take Pied Beauty by Hopkins? Um, and it's talking about all these sort of beautiful things. Um, and, um, and there's lots of moments for images. Um, so we we're like, this is kind of perfect to, to kind of get our, get our kiddo interested in um, this poem, kind of looking at the, the pictures itself while we get to, to say this poem to him and he can kind of hear the words. Um, yeah, but yeah, but so I'm, I'm a huge fan of Hopkins too. So my, my son's uh, middle name is Gerard and, and I used to, when people used to come to our house and they would pull into the driveway, I'd sit in a magnolia tree and greet them with bursts of Hopkins poetry. So I'm, like, I'm not, I got, I'm obviously too much of a fan, but like, it, I never felt uh, compelled to to illustrate or to even package it as I think I feel like that's the next level step. Like I've, I think I, I've read poems that I liked to to my son, and then maybe if yeah. he wanted to know what something was, I would look up on the internet and say, "Here, here's a picture of a trout," you know. But yeah. I, I never thought I'm gonna I'm gonna make a book experience, you know, out of out yeah. of this poem. So what what prompted that? Yeah, I think um, probably a little bit of like overachieverness. <laughs> um, but also, you know, I, um, I should say that um, in college, I took um, a course called um, like children's literature. And um, we actually did make a children's book. And it was a totally different book. I, I wrote, I, I made a book about my twin sister, but it was, um, the style was like Matisse. Um, and it was these two twin sisters who were, sort of far apart and they uh, visited each other and then had to go back and they had to, you know, um, 
had to have symbols in their lives that reminded them of each other, which very like closely mirrored my life with my twin sister. And that um, was and that but, and creating that was was that an enjoyable experience? Like doing yeah. do, creating that book because yeah. I would say I was given up assignment not to write a whole book but just to illustrate a page and I chose yeah. nighttime as my illustration it was just a bunch of like dark marker so, so, <laughs> like, how can I how can I really just skate through this assignment but so, so yeah. this was something you'd never done something quite like this but you had done something yeah. a little bit like it before so that's okay yes yeah um, and I knew the process was going to take a while but um uh, you know, the fact that you can sort of self-publish things just opened a door. Like it was like, okay, well, this isn't going to be, because initially we were like, we're going to do board books and that's a whole other business. Um, and it's very expensive and we didn't want to do that. Um, and we sort of found out that Amazon had had this program through create space that you could upload your own artwork and they would do this sort of distribution. Yeah. Well, let me, so, let me ask this though. Did you, when you decided that I, I, I want to share the this uh, book that I made out of the Pi Beauty poem, was that, did you make that decision before you started, you, you were done working on it or had you already finished it? Or it was, did you know from the beginning that you were making something that you were going to share with more than just um, like the nuclear family at bedtime? I think it was halfway in between that was sort of that I'd kind of figured out because I'd, after I kind of, I had made a, this, this is like the, you know, the fifth draft or something. So like the first draft I had made, um, actually made a board book that you could, I, you know, I could, I bought some board books that you could put stickers on and I gave them to several people and they were just like floored. They loved it. And they and they had some friends who wanted it too. And so I was like, well, maybe I should like try to just do this for, you know, I know that there's a fair, it's a niche audience, right? But um, there are people who are interested. So kind of halfway through, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I needed to do this so that, you know, other people can kind of enjoy it too. Um, which is stressful. And I still like, sure. like, yeah. as I'm like, I still get like, as I'm looking through the book itself, I like, I cringe so much because I'm like, all I can see oftentimes is are the flaws. So it's helpful actually for me, like me to read it to my children because they don't point out the flaws. They really love it. Um, and which is, yeah, it's good because I actually, it keeps, it keeps you reading it because otherwise I would just like probably close it forever. No, <laughs> you know, like, well, I, well, I, no, you, you shouldn't do that because the, the book is great. Yeah. But what I would say, I mean, if anybody uh, sort of captured my bedtime uh, reading like, performances and made them into, the, into a book somehow, I feel like there'd be a lot of cringeworthy moments of just how I interpret yeah. stories. <laughs> I mean, but that's, that's a, and then that's a, that's a good thing too, to sort of like, it's, it's a, it's a really cool opportunity to sort of like choose to, to have that, to have such a hands-on approach to kind of like, you know, what the, to the, the stories that your, that your kids are reading. So yeah. if you're not, but if you're not making your own books, how are you guys uh, getting books? And this is for, for you too, Nick. I, I just kind of realized like, I never really considered the option of make your own make book, but your own. right. Yeah. But if, if you're not doing that and that's, I mean, even, even for Glucora, that, that's still a pretty time consuming process. You can't maybe <laughs> make, make all of your, all of your own books. Um, yeah. Unless, is this the only, is this the only book on the, on the Pipkin shelf? <laughs> <laughs> we just have a house full of that's all right. of these very thin books. <laughs> um, where are you guys? I mean, are you, give, do you, yeah, so I, you, you know, a bunch or? right. So, I mean, I like, I would love to be like, oh man, like 
it's sort of like a, I would love to say that we have like this curated, beautiful collection. Um, I think in truth, um, when I actually like do a kind of inventory of our books, we have like a, a big assortment. We have a lot of books that ha like have come into our home that I'm like, where did this come from? Like there was, um, uh, a book from the eighties, uh, with Miss Piggy. Do you guys remember the Muppet Babies? Um, um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got that, which actually was really helpful. That was the book that got just recently got my three and a half year old to use the potty. So I oh. am very happy oh. that we have, you know, Muppet Babies book. Um, yeah. Well, so what? But, yeah. So obviously, you uh, there's a lot of uh, deliberateness to, to 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 the way that you, to the bedtime sort of like story structure. If you're making your own books, yeah. but um, what's a book that that you have sort of discovered with your kids? Is there anything like that where you've like you, I don't know what this is. Somebody gave it to me, and then you and your kids learn to love it, like sort of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, Journey is definitely one of those books that was like a big surprise, um, and I had no idea what was coming. It was so cool to um, to uh, you know to to open Journey and kind of sure. realize there's no words. Um, it's it's so imaginative. Um, how, so how did you hear, how did you hear about journey? Um, did, did somebody um, give it to you or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't recall. Is that there's that someone gave it to us or that we got it from the library? Um, but I, it somehow just came in, you know, it was like all of a sudden it was there. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I don't think someone gave it to us. Um, but, um, it just appeared magically like, <laughs> like the magical crayon or marker, whatever that's it. So, uh, well, Nick, how about you? How do you, how, how do you get books? And, and uh, have, are there any that you sort of discovered al alongside your kids? We get, a, a, a lot of our books are gifts, I think. I, I'm, when I, I, I was thinking about this recently, and yeah, it's a lot of gifts from other people, which is, um, you know, so it includes a lot of like old classics and favorites and stuff. Um, but it is fun to get other people's uh, it, I think it adds good like diversity to your overall uh, book collection when you, you're getting these uh, kind of different sources of your books. And so we, we don't actually buy a ton of books because we get so many of them. Like it's, which is actually a really cool thing. I think that, um, it, I don't know, at least, at least for us, people are, uh, that, that's a big option for gift giving is books, which is way better than, yeah. um, you know, another t-shirt or doll or something. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'd say, I'd say gifts are like a major channel for us. Have you, well, so maybe there's a good point to kind of mention the age of the kids. How, how much, Glencore, how, how old are your kids and what kind of degree of agency do they have? Like, do they get to pick out books at the library or at the bookstore? Because yeah, Nick and I, yeah. our, our kids are not really, I mean, Jack, Jack will pull books off the shelf, but he's not, he's not, like, he's not going yeah. to Barnes and Noble with intent to get, you know, yeah. uh, you know, installment 56 of the Babysitter's Club or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my oldest, um, is almost six. He's about a month, a month away from being six. Um, and he can read, actually, he was, he just brought Alice in Wonderland downstairs this morning. I'm just like super excited about cool. Alice in Wonderland. Um, so that was fun. Um, and, um, he not, and, and I have a three-year-old, um, a three-year-old little girl, and then I have a one-year-old girl. Um, and I would say, yeah, we, um, Chris and I are, are um, <laughs> we don't, um, both at the library and, um, at the bookstore, um, 
I think we just get very nervous because there's so many books and not that that not that like <laughs> Davy's going to read it and like turn into some kind of like uh, crazy person. Um, but just, uh, we want to like, you, we want to, we want him to have as many like interesting narratives, um, books that are um, going to kind of build his imagination narratives that aren't just um, about morals, like, you know, that are like, okay, you know, this is how you use the bathroom. Those have their place, but we, for, as, you know, as someone whose, whose kid is going through potty training right now for, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Those, those have their place. Yeah. Go, go, go on. <laughs> just, just plug it, plug in some potty books. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, like, so, um, so yeah, both Chris and I really kind of at the library and at, if we're at a bookstore, we're super careful because it is, you really have to do a lot of searching if you want to find books that, um, yeah, the sort of the adage about um, don't judge a book by its cover is really hard to do at, um, yeah, at either library or the bookstore because to, there's some flashy covers that are just kind of so-so stories. To, to, to be fair, uh, with, with children's books, even if you don't judge it by a cover, what's between the covers sometimes isn't that long. So it's, it's pretty easy to like, right. sort of get a, yeah, yeah, get, yeah. Get a sense true. for what the book is, you know, like it's, there's not going to be a lot of surprises on page 50, you know, where like the, the book takes like a really dark turn. It's like, Oh, I, this is, you know, if you, if you flip open like good dog, Carl, like you kind of know, like, you know, what's getting yeah. on from the, from the jump. Glencore, yeah. I, I have a, so this this question of you guys really thinking a lot about the content of the stories yeah. and kind of how they're going to affect your kids, it sort of goes back to your, your point about your book. And I'm wondering if you talk a little bit about what, like, what's your pitch for why people should consider reading uh, 19th century poets to their kids as bedtime Ooh, stories? Yeah. Like what's, you know, it, just to your, to your average kind of person who says like, well, that's kind of weird, like interesting, but weird. Like, yeah. why should I read uh, old timey poetry to my kids? Yeah. Dog Carl. Like, what's, what's the yeah. benefit of that for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, uh, my grandmother is like, you better answer this correctly. <laughs> uh, no. um, but um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Robert Frost, who is not 19th century, but um, I mean, yeah. Um, but he says, talks about poetry as a, as a momentary stay against confusion, which means that it's um, poetry, I think, is, is, a, is a wonderful way of kind of giving order to um, um, the world. Right. And, and, and kind of like giving you clarity. And, and Frost talks about that when he and he's when he's using that. But I think that goes especially um, for any poetry, but I, the thing I love about Hopkins is that he really um, shows the beauty of the English language um, and words that he's created. They're, they're just interesting. And so um, I think it's really important um, for, you know, A, for, for people to read poetry, right? Poetry has a special place that's different than narrative. Um, and children and adults, right? But children need to start to see that there's something different about poetry in that it should be something that they, that's part of their education and that they memorize it and recite it, you know, and this is, and, and reading books about it helps them with the recitation, right. And the memorization. Um, and then B, um, yeah, it, the words that Hopkins, Hopkins uses are just so fun. I mean, everything about a couple color, uh, stipple, I mean, fresh fire coal, chestnut falls. I mean, you have to have fun saying this. It's just like, it's just a delight. Um, yeah, okay. So, but that, that, uh, that makes total sense. 
but also in, in your, when you made this book, what you're doing is you're also saying like, these books are so fun. Let's have some like pictures and like sort of like helpful, like yeah. <laughs> instruction and lessons alongside. Is that because kids, like, it, it's hard for kids to, to just like, uh, wade right into metered verse you know when they're three yeah. and four and, and, yeah, and yeah. the pictures help them or or yeah. um and honestly we were we i did the sort of directives on the side for parents too because i like initially i was sort of like this could be yeah again this could be really helpful for, for a parent who has no idea you know that who's never read you know hopkins before this could be a fun way for them to start like to start to think about the poet, the poem, um, to kind of see that it's very intricate um, and there's, there's beauty that, that can be explored with each word and each line. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously with the children too, but if parents are able to do that too, that really, you know, that's a big help. Yeah, I like that you're thinking about the parents. I mean, I've, I think one of the things that Nick and I started this whole kind of podcast conversation was, you know, we kind of thought the parents had been like, they're, they're, we're having to read these things over and over and over again. And so like, who's going to, who's going to be looking out for us. It's kind of like the same thing with those people who designed the like the noisy toys for children. It's like the parents are going to have to listen to like whatever like yeah. was programmed in the, the airplane. So I, I hope it's an interesting song and it's got something good to say because I know more about it than like, you know, like, like than Beowulf by, <laughs> by, by, by the time I'm done. Um, but so you kind of make it sound like the, the, the pictures are there to be helpful for the words, but I, I get yeah. the sense that um, kind of based on the way you talk about journey that, I mean, is that, do you feel like, especially in, in children's books, the, the ratio often seems flipped where it's the, the words are helping to explain the pictures, like the, the kids, like what's going mm -hmm. on in this picture. And yeah. is that like, what do you think about that kind of hierarchy and, and, yeah, yeah, it's a good question that I haven't. Um... And, and, and Nick, you you too, like because like, you because you love you love a good uh, uh, page that's empty of words, and just has a lot of vistas <laughs> yeah. and and architectural details to, to to pour over. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I did. I kind of like I thought for a while. I was like, should I just do the poem and write it? But I, I, I yeah. Um, and it's something I probably, if I ever go back, I might try to do, do it without, right? Do it without the directives. But um, again, I, I really like, the whole point was to make it as accessible as possible. So to bring something, bring the words out, which are beautiful, which are part of the picture. And then the sort of directives, which are, they, they serve, they are important, but to kind of have them be secondary. Um, no, I think, I think that's a good approach. And I think that uh, I have, I have a lot more uh, humility about uh, images and activities in books th than I did mm -hmm. before I was a parent, just in, in terms of what it means to access a story. And, you know, when you're reading something over and over again, like that, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to read everything. You have to talk about every picture. You can sometimes do one and sometimes the other. And it, that kind of right. makes it, it gives you alternatives. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like the idea too, that the, um, you know, Glencore, your, your book has um, texture to it. And I, as a, someone who loves, has always loved reading and was an English major and still loves to read, it, one of the biggest pleasures of, of, I don't know, good reading is that it's a very textured kind of multi-level experience. So you read it one yeah. way, 
um, and it's novel and it's exciting. And then you read it again and you notice all sorts of interesting things that you hadn't noticed before, or you, or you read it after talking to someone. And so I, I like the idea generally of, I, I think books that have both pictures and words, it's, it's an introduction to reading with texture. You, you kind of, you yeah. can, kinda, even when you watch kids, um, as we're reading bedtime stories, you see them sort of like going back and forth and kind of comparing the words and the yeah. pictures. And so I, I just think that it's, it, it's neat to have the, the whole diversity, like the whole range, like to have a book like Journey that's all, um, that's all image and to, to see them yeah. kind of fit into that. Um, and then books that are all, all where we, we are really loving, um, the book with no pictures by BJ. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also to have, you know, books that go back and forth. And so I, th I think that um, kind of introducing kids to, to texture in reading is the way I think about it is, is super mm. important. Yeah. And I've never, something that I wasn't, and, and this is surprising because I mean, I, I was a literature major and I've worked in book publishing for over a decade, but I have never been so hyper aware of what it's like when a book is just open at a particular page. Because I feel yeah. like, especially with my, with my kids being so young, a lot of times we'll just halt in a place and then that's, that's the, you know, what's on the right and the left, that's, you kind of stay there for a while. And yeah. you know, what, you know, it's not just the, the plot, it's, you know, what's going on, what narrative, how can you be busy and how can you really kind of inhabit this space? And that's something that, I, I, I was never, who cares, you know, what, you know, what pictures lie beside each other. You know, I, I, I'd be happy just reading things on a Kindle where you're just, you know, sliding pages one after the other, but that since when the, the pages fall open at a certain point and you got the whole panorama of the two page, yeah. spread, I don't know, that's a, that's a really cool opportunity. And, and it's much more now that I'm a parent, almost like a geographical place. Like we, we plop down. <laughs> um, yeah. So one thing I was going to ask, since now I feel like uh, it's a rare moment when I'm kind of outnumbered where I have two people with a really good visual imagination on, uh, on the podcast as opposed to when it's just me and Nick's visual imagination. Are there any places <laughs> that you guys love just lingering in? Like it's, uh, like it's really pleasant just to kind of abide there. Like if I could go to a, a place in a book and just step into the page and like, pull up a chair, like what, what would that be? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll go ahead and, and, and start. Um, so, so a couple of the books, I'll start with one that's um, just uh, random. Um, there's a book by um, Pauline Baines. She's the illustrator for Narnia. And she did a, um, she illustrated the Nineteen Creed. Um, and I think it's, it's like written, um, it's like an Anglican, you know, format because she's British and um, it's, it's illustrated like sort of the book of Kells. It's like a medieval manuscript. And so um, it's one of the books that I love opening with my kids and we can look at, you know, different parts uh, and the textures of a medieval manuscript, which are like, there's little, like there's just little creatures there. There's just, and there's pictures of interesting medieval kind of drawings of Christ. It's a great way for us to kind of like talk about our faith, um, but also get, get to see the sort of like beautiful nature of it. Um, so that's one of the, yeah, definitely one of the books that we love to linger on. Um, and I would say another one um, would be Jan Brett. She's like got a bunch of, um, I don't know. She's, uh, there, she's got a bunch of different books that are, um, about uh 
like the three little bears. Um, and she's, everything is super intricate. Um, uh, yeah, I, we just really love her books. Jan hmm. Brett. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I could, they tried both writing down Jan Brett. Yeah, we're <laughs> 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 ideas for the podcast. I, I mean, we talked about Journey is an obvious pick. Um, absolutely love Journey. Um, all three of them are really good, actually, visually. It's a trilogy um, for people who don't know. And then uh, a, a book from the, the previous, uh, the first season uh, of the podcast, which is We're Going on a Bear Hunt. I just love yeah. that kind of like <laughs> the British uh, countryside and all the the wavy grass and the uh, the forest, the deep dark forest, and those are just two of my my favorites. I also really love um, Library Line. Glencora, you Ben and I are going to do this for a, a future uh, podcast season, actually. But have you read oh, Library cool. Line? I haven't. No. Ooh. Oh, I can't wait. I'm writing it down. This yeah, is awesome. It, basically, the whole thing takes place in a library, but it's just a, a really uh, a, a really wonderful kind of visual style and it's got this the, the story has great uh, kind of great action and plot but it's it's got this it's overlaid on top of this very like calming sort of library environment and like that contrast it really makes you want to like curl up in a library with a really good book um so oh, that's that's awesome. library line yeah that is great um, oh, oh, I God. should also mention, oh, sorry. I was oh, going to say one more person. I, um, uh, his name is Graham Bass, and it's spelled G-R-A-E-M-E. Um, and his last name is Bass. Um, and uh, his book, The 11th Hour, is just like mm-hmm. fun. It's a mystery. Um, and, and his illustrations of animals are, uh, they're just masterful. They're so good. Um, and it's also fun to just kind of like do the mystery, figure that out um, with the kids. So. That's a great one, Glencora. I remember that from childhood. Um, but you do, actually, good. So I, I need to put that on the list. That's going on the list. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so fun. Yeah, and I was going to make a plug for uh, uh, Grandfather Twilight. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's this, uh, the, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice, but essentially it's, there's almost no words in it. And it's this really, uh, this Grandfather Twilight takes a pearl out of this box in his woodland cabin and then he slowly walks it to the beach. And as he walks to the beach and he's sort of like trailing, I don't know, uh, like evening colors behind him. And then he gets the, as he gets to the beach, it gets larger and larger. And then it becomes the moon. But it's all these like woodland mm. scenes. And it's like very, I don't know. But everything is kind of muted and transitional. And, and for some reason, uh, I read it uh, before Bed of Jack and it really calms me down. And sometimes I realize that actually I'm the one that needs, I'm the one that needs to be like rested by bedtime and, and Jack does it like he's ready to go to bed <laughs> up than he is. So I don't know. I, I find it, it's, it's really, really peaceful. And you know, it's some for the parents. I mean, they, you know, we, we, we say it, it, it's, it's nice to have a, a book that doesn't frustrate you and that sort of like leaves you calmer when you're, mm-hmm. when you're done with it than when you started. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I like I like Richard Scarry books, but I don't think they don't leave me. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and I, it's funny. I was thinking the Nancy. Do you guys know the Nancy Tillman books? The ones that like they're like they're like super sentimental. My kids love them. Uh, I think Chick Fil A was like sending them out with. with oh the yeah, yeah. This is the uh, oh. you are my level find you. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they are they are super sentimental, but and sometimes the. Uh, like the rhythm of it is can be kind yeah. of like wonky. And like I, sometimes I feel like this could be done better. Illustrations but are beautiful. The illustrations are beautiful. And sometimes yeah. I'm, I legitimately moved even 
if I'm reading oh. it for the 30th time. Like it, they, they say some, I don't know, they say, they're, they're, I feel like you're such a jerk now. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, no, they, 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 they can be both. I think things, things can be, things can be kind of like saccharine and, and, yeah. and like kind of gooey. And then sometimes yeah. something kind of lands and that's, that's why those books, you know, exist. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like every time they're like, uh, you know, the night that you were born da, 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 at the end, they're like, you are loved. And like, they just stamp <laughs> that like phrase at the end of each book. You are loved. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's, there's some other, uh, those are def they definitely have some scenes too, where I, I could spend some time. There's some like park benches where kids are sitting with pandas. Like, man, I could sit on that bench. Like, <laughs> just like uh, <laughs> days at the blue uh, cherry trees, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, just, uh, I, I thought maybe if you guys were up for it, we do kind of a, a, a leisurely lightning round. Um, mm -hmm. now that we've got multiple people to, to answer questions. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any, uh, are, are there any books b besides uh, some of the ones you mentioned that, that really do drive you crazy? <laughs> when, when, I feel so bad about Nancy Tillman now. No, like. no, no. <laughs> Um, the blue truck series drive us crazy, but, um, yeah, and, and drive and drive crazy. Isn't that's not a, that's not necessarily a mark against the quality of the book. It can be just that yeah. you can, I feel like anytime you've read a book 75 times, you, you're yeah. allowed, to, you're allowed to say it, it drives me crazy without like seeming to criticize, <laughs> criticize the author. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty rigorous stress test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, any of the holiday books, any of the books that are like Blue's Clues for Christmas, you know, mm. um, or uh, The Explorer's Earth Day. I don't know, so, stuff like that. Um, uh, drive me crazy. Yeah, we have this book of um, like little stories from Disney movies, like little recaps from Disney movies, and just drives me bonkers. I just cannot, just can't handle it. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan of a lot of Disney movies, but these uh, these little like reader's digest of disney movies in book form <laughs> doesn't take much before i'm pretty over it uh oh, that's pretty awesome let, let me ask you guys uh individuated questions if i can so oh my gosh. yeah yeah <laughs> so now that, now that you've done now that you've done a children's uh book yourself Glencora, uh do you do you feel like you look at children's books differently yeah um so um so yes, I do. I definitely come with a lot more humility. I feel, you know, I feel like, wow, it is just so much work to do. Even, even like we were talking about, even the, the books that I don't care for, the illustrations generally are so well done. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I definitely am sort of like in awe, um, even of the, the, the poorly done books, um, or the ones where the narrative is like, so, so, um, I will say too that um, we really have like books, children's books have been a big part of our, like they're just a big part of our lives now. So we um, like the kids have two um, drawings of from Richard scary characters on their wall that they're, that my mother-in-law drew for them. Um, Huckle cat and um, mm -hmm. one of the pigs uh, getting uh, uh, mud dumped on him excuse me. And then also we've got the chalk drawing from, of the bird from journey. We have a, a brick wall on one of the, the sides of my kid's room and we've got, um, 
you know, the, the bird on the wall. So yeah, that's um, great. I mean, I, but yeah, no, that's, that's kind of inspiring. Wow. I kind of feel like that's uh, not, not only did you make the own children's book, but also you're taking stuff from the children's book and sort of bringing it out of the world. But that's, I feel like you, you've got to get a lot of mad respect from people that are doing a, a podcast on children's books for that. That's, <laughs> that's <definitely laughs> what, uh, what now, Nick's you're a, a children's book podcaster. Do you feel like uh, that has changed how you look at, 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 at children's books since you've begun kind of talking about them in a, in a mildly more analytical way? Yeah. I, you know, I actually, I think it gives me the, having the podcast gives me an outlet to dump all of my children's book analysis. And I, I actually do feel like I'm a little bit more present in reading, like reading books is a little bit more experiential. And I, because I have the outlet of talking about with you on the podcast. <laughs> you, uh, I've never thought to ask this before. Have you ever been reading a book? Can you remember like a specific moment when you've been reading a book and said, oh, we've, we've got to, we've got to figure out what's going on there. <laughs> like, or what, like, like, or, <laughs> like, take, like mentally, like, taken stock and like, this is, this is something we're going to have to iron out like on, on an episode somewhere. I mean, I remember the, the, I think after the first, after we did our first season and I kind of ranted about Pat the Bunny, yeah. uh, I remember reading the Carl books and thinking like, th this is rant worthy. Like there, there are definitely some things <laughs> I need to get off my chest about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, season three, man, that's, <laughs> it's gonna, <laughs> we're, we're gonna do it. Even two sneak peeks already of season that's three. That's right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a pack the teasers. Um, Anything, anything you wanted to ask us, Glenn? I mean, like, not now that you hear. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let's think. Um, what's the book that you're? What's the book that you're reading right now to your kids? Oh man, we let's see. We have been doing a uh, a lot of Eric Carl's that uh, the the Blue Horse. You got you guys familiar with that one? Where it's like. No. No, yeah. Well, I will, you know, so Eric Carl did the, the, the Hungry Caterpillar and mm -hmm. it's the same style, but this is, the, the plot of this book is just uh, an artist paints a blue horse and a red crocodile. Everything is like an animal that isn't the shade that it usually is. Mm. And so it's this kind of, and I don't, I don't know, it's, it's being his work, like it's, it's, it's really pleasing to, to, to be there. Like I'm still upset that I missed this, this display in Chicago where you could go the Navy Pier, and you could like walk through oh. room size exhibits of the of Eric Carl's world, just because it's it's really nice. But also, it's like I don't know. Now it Jack doesn't know what color elephants are, which I guess <laughs> I guess is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's fine. <laughs> but that's that's what we're doing right now. We've been reading Katja the Windmill Cat. My mom uh, was. Uh, on a trip in the Netherlands recently and brought back this, um, I guess, a translation of a, of a um, book from the Netherlands. And it's about uh, a cat, a windmill cat, I guess, sort of like a barn cat, but uh, like a windmill cat. <laughs> oh, like it lives in the windmill, not like a, a, like a, a the cat. The cat is not a windmill. No. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> she hangs around a windmill. Um, and uh, yeah, it's about. That, um, but I'm going to say, now that's a, that's a, Children's book idea right there for free. Every <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's been kind of interesting thing. And there's some like slightly strange translational issues, which, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been a, an interesting one and pronunciation issues too, as well. Um, I put my, 
at my mouth a couple times um, pronouncing various uh, various names. Yeah. Have you oh, have you guys cool. ever had have you guys ever had uh, your kids correct you on pronunciation? Constantly. Wow. My daughter constantly. If I she she can't read yet, but she <laughs> basically memorized all these books. So if I literally if, if I leave out if there's a stray the or an or she's on it, like will call me out right away, including pronunciation of names. So I'm, so funny. I'm I still yeah, go out of books. <laughs> That's so funny. I still have a Southern accent and um, with some words and I, I say pan, pen, I say pen incorrectly. My husband's always confused. So my, my son, Davey, will correct me sometimes. He's like, is it a pen or is it, is it pen? And I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if it's the same. <laughs> okay. I, people always correct me for that too. And yeah. I think you can use context clues and figure out like whether it's I like know, it's not right? it's, it's it's not a big deal. <laughs> That's what I told him. Hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at a thousand and one goodnights.com. That's one zero zero one goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.